Did you have a, a direction you wanted to go? Well, did you think about that, or is it just, uh, hey, what's up? So I was I was thinking that maybe we can talk about what are like the one of them for sure, fitness, you know, gym and all that stuff, all that good stuff. But then I was thinking maybe two things that keep you up at night that you're like, man, these are the mm-hmm. two things or these are the things that I think about all the time. Like, mm-hmm. just like, man, it's just, it keeps me thinking about it. I smoke weed and I think about it. Yeah. I don't like, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And I then do. maybe we can talk about two things like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think fitness though, we can start with that. Start there and go. Yeah. Um, what was, what, what do you think was like the reason what intrigued you so much about being like uh, so involved in fitness? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> you know, it's it might come off corny, honestly, but at the time I was doing the special education thing. I was a, a teacher's assistant, and I was having a blast. Like I loved it. I actually thought that. Uh, that was probably what I would do for the rest of my life because it was so much fun. And it was just like playing with kids all day. Um, but it was was not paying well because I was only a, the assistant. So I had to get a side gig. And I liked training my We were training partners. And he uh, he loved me writing all the workouts for us. So I... Figured I'd just run with it and started training at Gold's. And all it took was like my first client of like them coming in and looking at me and be like, yo, I lost 10 pounds in three months. And it was like, oh, that feels good. Where else can we take it? You know, and it, it just it never subsided, that feeling. No matter how many times somebody tells you that you've changed their life or that they've lost this amount of weight or they can do this now or – I mean – the amount of things that people will tell you that they can do, right? Like old women opening up to me like, hey, I can have sex again, right? Damn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like no matter how weird or like whatever it is that they were trying to pursue from hiring you and they get there, it's, it's like crack, you know? Wouldn't you agree? I mean, you've been doing it for a while now. So. Yeah, yeah. I would say for me too, it's something so deeply connected in in everyone's life and everything that they do that that's why I'm so easily drawn to it because mm. every single person no matter what you do what no matter what you love and how you live you need some level of fitness to live well so yeah but you just liked that um idea of teaching somebody that Oh, yeah. Is Being that, part of that process yeah. like when somebody hits a first pull up or like they get 10 push-ups or they hit something that they've never been able to do. Like I have a girl that did box jumps for the first time, maybe maybe ever, that she like acknowledged as a box jump. Mm-hmm. And she didn't think she could do it. And she crushed it. And I, you can just see the energy and that switch of each time someone can like succeeds in something like that, they start to click on, okay, I can do that. So what else can I do? And it kind of ripples from there. It's cool. It's a never-ending process. Yeah. Yeah. Man, um, so I kind of, like, always grew up playing sports and stuff, but I didn't get to see the inside of a gym, like, actual, uh, until I got to high school. And what, like, captured me the most is our our high school gym 
the our teacher there, he was this old guy. He was in his sixties, I think, around that time, and he was a beast. That's this guy. He could do pull ups. He could do like everything, man. And it was just a free weight gym. We didn't have a single machine. It was just platforms and squat racks. And I was just like, I'm in. Like so, I think from the beginning, I was kind of like into like the like the free weight stuff, and uh, it just captured me, and I I loved it. But kind I guess kind of like everything, I I stopped for a little bit, and I go back. I stop for a little bit, then I go back. But it's always been. Uh, something that I that I do just because you know even until now I'm 34 and I play with some guys soccer they're like 34 they can barely move right and just man like you got to yeah keep moving yeah you know I think it it comes natural to a lot of people like fitness but then when you when it comes natural to you to do it and then you're also a natural coach or a teacher. That's when that shit takes off. Right? Because I can't remember what I read once that talked about how everything in your life leads up to something. Um, I think it was Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers. Did you ever read that book? Uh, no, but I know which book yeah, you're talking yeah, about. And yeah, and he talks about, like, um, you know, there's correlations with everything. And... The best hockey players in Canada are, you know, born at a certain time. They're born in, like, December, January, and February, mm-hmm. right? And they get to start earlier, and then they get more time to play hockey prior to the people that miss the deadline. So then they get the better coaches, and then they get more experience, and then those are the ones that make it to the NHL, right? So, like... I realized not too long ago that the reason I'm good at the reason I think I'm good at coaching is that uh, I was the kid on the playground or in the neighborhood that came up with all the games. It's like, all right, here's yeah, the rules. Yeah, yeah. Here's how we're gonna do it. And like, if nobody under, if somebody didn't understand, it was like, all right, everybody shut up. I got this. Let me explain the rules. And and yeah, I just got so much practice from just being the kid that talks about how we're going to play and what we're going to do, what the teams are, who's going to be the captains, all that shit. And then it just clicked as a trainer, and especially as a group trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's a misconception. There, sometimes people think that because they're great athletes, they can make good coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. And I see it a lot in soccer where you think this guy just because he was one of the best soccer players ever he's going to be a great coach and it's like the complete opposite yeah, yeah. shit yeah you know usually doesn't happen and then you have like <laughs> these really great coaches that were okay players when they you know when they were yeah. when they played and it's just like how does that work you know yeah. i mean it's yeah. just um you actually see it get made fun of in the reverse a lot of times especially in the basketball world you have like these short white guys that are these these X's and O's guys and great at coaching and everybody's like, what the hell do you know? You never played. And it's like, mm-hmm. a lot of times those are the ones that they had to pay attention so that they could be Valuable. relevant. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That, I mean, there's a reason why the point guard is the most important guy on the court is because he's the one who's got to pay attention. He's got to know where everybody else is. And it's the same thing for a coach. If, if you, you have to find a way to make value. And that's why 
The short white guys are always the best coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're, um, who was uh, the the Bulls coach? Um, what's his name? Uh, I stopped watching the NBA a couple years ago. I don't know. Well, then he win like ten or eleven championships, and I think he was like six eight. <laughs> he coached. Um, oh he was also a player. Uh, he coached the Bulls. In reverse, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you, you're right. You completely. Yeah. I think I agree with that too. It's. Um, I think uh, when you're at a disadvantage of something, like height or whatever, and you have to put a little bit more extra, it makes you see the the game or whatever it is you're doing in a different way than, than everybody else sees it. Because it's like, you don't have to worry about, say if you're tall, you're playing basketball, you don't have to worry about anything else, really. But if you're shorter, you need to find ways into where, you know, you can compete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, develop a skill that will exactly. be valuable to the game. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think having that kind of skill, like, translate over into, like, maybe being a good... But I think you kind of have to have that already. Like you said, since you were a kid, yeah, you know, you were but, the one coming up with the games. You kind of, like, set everything up, and every, yeah. everybody just followed. It was all by accident. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just Maybe it just came out the box like that. You know? Maybe. I think so. Maybe. I don't know. How much of how much do you think of uh, what makes you you is like experience and like genetics? You know what I mean. I think it's all experience. I don't. I don't really you think it's all experience. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. Um, I don't favor genetics as much as most people do. Like, we actually talked about genetics yesterday, me and Sarah. With people get confused in like the bodybuilding industry. Right, because they think that genetics plays this huge role. But in the bodybuilding industry, genetics only plays a role in like how how you know, like your symmetry, you know, or what type of calf muscles you have and, and all this shit. But but outside of that, you still have to put in the time and the effort and the work. So the experience is what gets you there, as opposed to what a lazy person will call genetics or somebody that doesn't think that they can get there, doesn't want to try and fail. They'll say, ah, well, I can't get that. It's genetics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I've seen, no, yeah, I've actually experienced it a few times myself. It obviously plays a factor. Like, there's sometimes where genetics come into play, but. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's the biggest factor as everybody else wants to. No, absolutely. But I think that the, the most common I think it's it's interesting that the the most common instances where genetics comes up is always been one of two for me. It's been someone wanting to look a certain way and thinking it's out of reach or someone justifying not getting someone somewhere because yeah, well, just tell them the story of how it came up. Um yesterday. so I had a an experience a couple weeks ago or a week ago where um, I got a new client and um, she was working with another trainer at my gym and she had noticed me and seen me and saw how I worked and uh, requested to meet with me and to train with me and was talking about my build and that was the initial draw was I want to look like her. And the trainer said that a lot of that was genetics. And um, 
I just kind of laughed and it's like, well, actually I work really hard for the way that I look, but, um, it's not genetics at all. Yeah. It's, you know, in, in fear of smearing family members, you know, I mean, they just have different love interests, you know, like, your family doesn't just look like a bunch of fitness freaks. Yeah, like that's yeah. not their thing. That's not what they do. So if it was genetics, they would just all just look like well, you. Totally, yeah. They don't. Yeah. I'm definitely a reflection of my habits and my hobbies. There you go. 100%. Yeah. 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 I, I, mean, think, I think the genetics talk a lot of times is by people that are scared to fail or scared to try. Probably better yet. Yeah. I think... And, and not just talking about in, like, the athletic realm, but in just, like, in the whole life. Um, I think it's both. And I think it's hard to quantify, like, how much is is, is both. Because I'll give you guys an example. In high school, and I saw, and it's funny because I saw this guy for the first time since we graduated high school, freaking, like, 12, no, like, 14 years ago, whatever, whenever it was. I never saw this guy. Maybe it did at home. I don't know. I never saw this guy eat anything else than chips and drink soda. I don't know if I ever told you about yeah, this. He was guy. shredded, probably. And he was fucking chiseled. Yeah, yeah, he was shredded. At the and at the because um, um, we played football, he was on the football team as well. He never like really was like paying attention to his workouts or anything. I'm like just like how man, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think that you know it only got him so far. Because he was born maybe with that ability, but if if he didn't really explain, he could have been so much more if he say would have had your work ethic, you know, and trying to trying to do something with, yeah, with that. Um, That's where the Kobe's come from. You mix somebody with the genetics with, with the that, hard work, yeah, 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 and that's where the outlook. And it gets scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I don't know how much genetics would play into like coaching. I've never really given it any thought. Is yeah, leadership, I feel like is, can leadership be genetics? Well, I think like some people are like that's one like you said you from like being a little kid you kind of had that in you and and taking um, charge mm-hmm. and like okay you know what everybody's like what are we gonna play and you're like let's play this and these are the rules and you know like why is it that you were the one that was thinking that way and not everybody else. You know, so some it, natural to you a some bit. of that yeah. it's out the box. You know, some of that is is uh, you were born with. Um, I would almost say though, for you, a good example of how like genetics physically didn't haven't helped you, but have almost made you better is when you are like when you've been disabled, when you've gotten hurt and had to use your words more. Yeah, but that would be experience. That's I think that's kind of my I'm point. Say, yeah, it's I'm like saying, it wasn't yeah. genetics at all. I don't again. I have no idea how much genetics would play for, like, leadership and, like, being able to, um, you know, coach fitness. But it's all it's all based off experience. Like, part of the reasons why I think I got good at coaching, especially in the group setting, was because of my experience. I, I went through a stint of where I was hurt all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I caught – at one time, I had just quit Gold's which is a good conversation to have on this podcast too. Like I had just quit Gold's when I found out my girlfriend at the time was pregnant. 
right? And I did the exact opposite of what everybody else would do, like hunker down and just stay where you're at, just try to make the best of it. I just took a risk. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this on my own because what I'm doing right now is not going to work with having a kid. <clears throat> so I, I took a chance. And then I got bursitis, septic bursitis in my elbow. And I couldn't show exercises for like four to six weeks. It was just excruciating pain. Couldn't do anything. Like, I couldn't even like walk, and it was my elbow. You know, it was like every step vibrated my body and killed my elbow. So I had to get good at just looking at people and say, okay, hey, pick up those weights. Get your feet shoulder width. Soft bend in the knees. Push the hips back. Tip forward. Pull your elbows back behind you, right? Like a, a bent row. Like, and I got incredibly good at that through the experience of not being able to show. And then it just kept happening. Then I tore my hamstring. Then I broke my wrist. And then I did all these things. So then it just became almost started to be the downfall of my fitness a little bit because what made me so good or what made me so fit was I was showing exercises and doing exercises all day long. And then I got so good at mm-hmm. verbalizing them that I stopped showing them as much. Yeah. Right. And then there was like two years go by and I'm like, you know what? I don't show exercises anymore. All I do is fucking talk. Right. And then yeah. I'm like, Oh shit. Now I can't do the monkey bars anymore. <laughs> right. So I had to, I had to, reevaluate how to be a good trainer that talks and shows yeah yeah i mean doing that it sometimes it can get away from you it's i mean i don't know like i said i, I i've coached soccer um i don't i haven't coached like nearly enough to say okay i was a good coach i was an i was a bad coach you know we kind of had a little bit of freedom of like you can kind of do this, but we also got like sheets of like, hey, just yeah. train this. What the program was. What the program. What the yeah. program was. So, um, was there something that you struggled with that you that you was didn't it kids? Anticipate? Were you coaching kids? Kids, yeah. Well, yeah. I struggled more with uh, um, younger kids, mm, shuffling them around. Yeah, um, I bet you wouldn't struggle as much now though, being a dad. Yeah, probably be- not. It yeah, becomes yeah. easier when mm-hmm. you have to. Um, and then I did realize though that the boys are listen less or the girls listen more than the boys do, mm. especially at that like 12, 13 mm-hmm. year age, all the boys are just, they're just want to be messing around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that when I coached, um, 16, 17 year olds, because you can banter a little bit with, with them, mm-hmm. they, yeah. you know, yeah. they're a little bit older. Some of them are were even taller than me already. Uh, a little bit more of a relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it it was fun, but it wasn't something that I was just like, oh yeah, I want to you know keep doing this for for years. And there's something that I wanted to pursue. I just don't think I have that. Like you, I don't think I have that ability to like coach somebody. Yeah, either training like like that, or or train or coaching soccer or something. Um, it, you know, to keep this one going. Again, the experience is what molds the person. And the strength is in the struggle. So again, another experience that I had that I think has made me a good group trainer is coaching high school freshman boys and having 12 kids on the team trying to build their skills so that they can play JV and varsity but also win games. And also keep all the parents happy. And that shit is hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Because 
no matter how good your kid is, you think your kid's supposed to play. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. You notice that as the coach. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, how does this person actually think that their kid should be in the game? <laughs> like, like he only made the team because I thought he was a great kid. Yeah. And now his mom thinks he should be starting. Right? So having to coach through that, again, the struggle mm-hmm. of trying to keep people happy but also win games and also develop skills is just another thing that just makes – you better in the long run, but I think uh, also it comes it comes down to a little bit of you know if you grew up as an athlete, you grew up playing sports, you grew up working out, and you do all these things throughout your life. You kind of you value more um, the people that have uh, maybe a little bit more skill. And you say, okay, maybe this person should be playing more than this other person, and you see a value in that. But if you're a parent that maybe never grew up playing sports and you don't really understand that um, that culture of being a competitor, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to understand why your kid's not playing. Like, yeah. why is he not? Why is we're paying the same amount of money? That's a good point. Why isn't my really kid playing? That way. Yeah. So I think a lot of parents that that um, you know deal with that, I feel like never really had, uh, never grew up. In, in, in that kind of like competitive setting or, or maybe they didn't really play sports might not even realize like what yeah. a good athlete looks like or in that specific sport like yeah. what does good look like yeah, yeah especially yeah. when it's if it's not a high scoring sport like if you have soccer i mean you're going off of someone who's part of the plays or making the plays and making the runs and marking the players so if you don't fully understand the way... Let's keep the soccer, ling- soccer lingo to a minimum here. I'm a <laughs> soccer player over here. <laughs> but there's just... Yeah, there's so much that goes into it that it's like if you didn't grow up playing it or watching it, then yeah. you, may not, you might not know. Mm-hmm. Or just being competitive, I think. Um, yeah. You know, it, from the, the philosophical side of it all, parents that are angry that their kids aren't playing, they're also missing the point of what sports are good for. Right, like teaching yeah. those life lessons, you're not just going to be awarded, right? Mm-hmm. Th- this because you're on, like this time playing time because you're on the team. It's just like in in business, you don't just get a cookie because you're there and they hired you. You got to perform. You got to be able to contribute, right? And they miss that they because they think the whole goal of their kid playing that sport is to play. Yeah, but really, it's life lessons. That's what makes sports so great. Is the life lessons that okay? Hey, like if I'm not playing, I need to put in some time. Let me go ask coach, aka my boss, right in the real world, what can I do to play, mm-hmm. and then go to work. But most of them won't do that. Most of it is the parents miss that, and they go straight to okay. I'm going to go straight to the coach, and I'm going to complain, and I'm going to ask why isn't my son or my daughter playing but they don't extract the actual lesson. Because if we're honest, what is it? Like 1% of people play professional ball? And what's the, I mean, it's a little bit larger on what percentage people go play college ball. So the end goal can't just be to play. The end goal is like, okay, what are we going to learn from this? Because that's what we all did. Like none of us went and played professional ball, right? 
No. 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 no but but you <laughs> sit back close. and you think about, man, how much did I learn from sports? You learned right. how to be a team player. Totally. You learned how to be coached and be yeah. coachable. Communicate yeah, in different you, ways to different yeah, players. Yeah, you learned how to lose. You it, learned how yeah, to win. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that's one of the biggest things is you face um, defeat. And that is one of the biggest things that everybody needs to experience. Mm-hmm, totally. You can't just go on with life yeah. you winning. Won't grow. Yeah. You'll and, ex- never, and you'll never appreciate winning. Right. Yeah. Right. And experience it in a way that doesn't actually harm you. I've yeah. learned that like mm-hmm. as a parent. Like when I'm watching Titus do shit, and it's like, all right. Mm-hmm. He's about to experience this here. Is it going to kill him? No. Okay, I'm going to let him experience it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah. your job as a parent is to let them get hurt in a way that doesn't influence like now they don't have to go through life with just four fingers you know <laughs> like you're gonna stop those ones yeah if he's gonna lose a couple it's fingers like, you're gonna um, stop it but if he's just gonna get a lump on his arm hey let him experience it because yeah. that's how you learn yeah that's how you then yeah i completely agree Oof, and that's i the feel like stuff. that's the meat and potato i right? feel like nowadays we're kind of getting away from that um you know you don't. Nobody wants to see your kid suffer. I mean, it's not fun, but it's it's, it's necessary. Absolutely. I think it is. It, it really. The strength is in the struggle. It's my yeah. favorite phrase right now. The strength is in the struggle. You need to. You need to fail. Everybody does. You need to fail at love, at sports, at work, because then then you'll really understand what it is to to win. So, what do you think your best failure was? My best failure. Think about it. What's the best failure you've ever experienced? Man. Um, Generally speaking or athletically speaking. Let's just go, what's the first thing to come to mind? It doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest one. What's the first one that pops to your head? I'm trying to think. It's a tough one to to spout out an answer right away. But, man, my best failure. That's a good one. Really, <laughs> we're gonna really have to think uh-huh. about it. Edit out that silence. <laughs> while we think about what our best failure is. That is an incredible question. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is. Hmm. I'm really racking my brain trying to think of a good. Answer. I mean, the the only thing I can I can think that just comes to mind for some reason right now is like this situation that i have with um my kid's mom Mm -hmm. yeah you know it we had a relationship we had a we had something and it failed um but it's taught me a lot in in terms of uh being a father Mm -hmm. because even though she still has her mom like speaking of my daughter still she has her mom when she's with me, she's only with me. So I kind of have to play a role in, in in both, you know, maybe she wants to do, um, like today, she wanted to play Barbies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm a guy, it's, it's fine. Like, I'll, I'll play Barbies with you. But maybe that's something, if mom was there, or if mom was around, maybe there's something that she would have asked her to do. I don't know, you know, maybe... Right. Um, I think it's it's taught me a lot more how to be a better father because it's 
it's a bit harder when it's just you. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's a tough question. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of something. What do you else. think, Sarah? You got one? I got one. If you don't have you, one, uh, you go. I don't have one. So I'm not going to say it's my best failure, but it's one that comes to mind. So when I graduated college or getting into college was like, I didn't go play division one basketball. That was probably in my head, my biggest failure at the time, right? I went and played division three basketball, had a pretty good career and still had ambitions of playing outside of that. Wanted to go overseas. Now I graduated and went to a couple, um, what do they call them? They're like pro-ams, right? So basically you just go play in front of a bunch of coaches that coach overseas. And it's all guys just like you that, that maybe didn't get a right, the good shot or maybe got hurt at the wrong time or whatever, and everybody's competing to look good in front of these coaches. Now, this first one I went to, it was called Diamond Point. It was in Chicago, and... I played out of my mind. We get halfway through this day of scrimmaging and the the director comes up to me and he goes, uh, he goes, hey, you see those guys up there? And he points up to the rafters and there's like 10 coaches up there with clipboards. And he's like, they really like what you're doing. At the time, I hadn't missed a shot, right? And that's what I did. I was, I was a good shooter. Problem was I was 5'11", you know, trying to play... What, at whatever level, at 5'11", as a shooting guard, is not going to work out for you unless you're lightning quick, you know. Um, and I wasn't that either. All I could do was shoot. But I could, I could put the ball in a hole. So he comes over and he's like, hey, they, they love the way you score, but you're 5'11", dude. You got to handle the rock. So they want to see you play point guard. So... I'm like, all right, I got this. So he comes over, he tells my team, he's like, hey, Josh, you're going to play the point guard now, um, so make sure you pass him the rock to bring it up the floor. <laughs> and I'm I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I'm, I'm uber confident. I don't think this is going to be an issue. First play, I'm bringing the ball to the court, and I got this guy on me, and he is faster than the flash. He just picks my pocket, takes the ball right in the middle open court, nobody else around just takes it from me and goes and dunks it. I'm like, oh, that's a great start. He pickpocketed me three times before I finally decided, all right, fuck. I got to back this motherfucker all the way down to set up the offense. And there's no team in the world that wants their point guard to have to put his back to his offense and back all the way, right? So game does not go well. We lose. I sucked. I look over at the director for like a, just a shimmer of hope. Like maybe he's going to be like, hey, next game, next game, you got it. He just looks at me and shakes his head. Didn't talk to me again. I never talked to him. The rest of the fucking pro-am or whatever the hell these things are called. And that was the last one I went to. I didn't go to anymore. I just called it quits and just told myself, oh, well, I'm not tall enough. But the lesson is that I played high school ball with one of the guys' favorite players I've ever played with. His name is Courtney Belger. 
and he just never fucking quit. And he is still, to this day, at 33, 34 years old, playing overseas in Germany, living the life that I always wanted to live. Because he never quit. I mean, he's better than me, no doubt. Better than me, no doubt. But he never got those, those, you know, those knocks on the door like, hey, we want you to come play. And like, he had to go find him. He had to go keep working for him. He just never quit. But I got my one chance. It didn't go my way. So I stopped. And then now here we are at 35. I'm watching him on Instagram like, hey, man, you're killing it. Keep going. Thinking in my head, man, it could have been me if I just would have just started dribbling a basketball. You know, and started working on my handles and started trying to be a point guard because they told me, hey, you can score, you can do what we need you to do, but we need you to dribble. And it, I just, at my, in my head, I wasn't thinking I was quitting. I was just thinking, okay, well, it wasn't for me. It wasn't in the stars. That was probably one of my biggest lessons. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It, it reminds me of, <clears throat> of something, um, that's kind of always made me like frustrated throughout my life. Um, my my dad, both my mom and my dad were like athletes growing up. My dad should have been a professional soccer player, but he fucked up. He was um, in like the academy team, like in the second team, mm-hmm. and with the he was traveling with like a professional team, everything. But you only get these small chances, and if you don't take them, or if you do something. And then it's it's done. So he got caught drinking. Oh. Boot, right? Yeah. So, um, but he would always tell me stories. My mom tells me stories about him, how good he was and how many, he was always like the goal scorer, um, like all these, right? Great things. My mom was, um, um, she did track and she did karate and she was a national champ in Mexico growing up in karate and a shot put and oh, she was tiny mm-hmm. but she did shot put when um so here i come and you know as i'm growing up i love every sport i want to play i want to play them all and you know i play one for a little bit and i'm pretty de- decent at it i play another one and i'm pretty decent um and it's just kind of like became a theme of where I'm pretty good at any sport that I played, but I never really excelled. You were a jack of all trades and one, expert of nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, growing up and like now, like my closest friends, they all went and played college, uh, soccer in college. You know, and I'm like, well, I didn't play soccer in college because they all played. They stuck to soccer since they were kids. They played other stuff, but soccer was like the main thing that they stuck in. And they play and they practice and practice and practice and they just they actually pursued something in that to where I was playing soccer for a little bit and then I would go play basketball for a little bit and then I would go you know play football and I was just like jumping around from place to place to place to place to place right. to where I never like excelled in in any of them and um you know this I don't want to say like a it's like a regret regret but it, you know if I look back and like man like I wish I would have just st- stuck to one even I was if say, e- would you change it would you pick a sport I probably would have picked soccer yeah um but growing up here in or in St. I grew up in Maryland Heights so I grew up in like the Parkway area uh for some reason soccer wasn't like that uh very popular 
um, in in school or like the, like my neighbors. We always played everything else mm-hmm. except soccer. But soccer was in my blood because my dad played soccer. Like my whole family, like on that side of the family, they all played soccer. I did have one uncle that was professional. Um, I didn't really start playing soccer consistently until like I was 18 years old. Mm. Um, so if I could go back and I'm like, yeah, maybe I would have stuck to, to just soccer, you know, and, and not just hop around, hop around and then be frustrated because everybody is, or not everybody, but like a lot of these great players that I know are better at that because they actually put in more time and they actually um you know they weren't just fucking around with everything they were like i want to play soccer this is what i want to do and i'm going to pursue it and you know they managed to play in a, at a higher level and right. so i mean i don't know if that would be called that like a failure or 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 not but it's definitely a frustration that i've that i've had hmm I don't know. No, no. I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I I think I don't ever label anything as regret, or at least I try not to. I always try to label it as a lesson because there's other things in your life that you do love and that you are great at and relationships that you built and experiences that you have that you had because you didn't specialize in soccer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, there's things about Sergio that everybody knows and loves that might not have happened because you chose to specialize in soccer. So maybe the lesson to learn there is more so being able to rightfully or or identify your passions quicker so you can have the chance to be good at something. You think? Yeah. Yeah, or or like you said, maybe that was my best failure because it exactly. it, it allowed me it it, it it allowed me to uh, you know um, be able to do other things that if I was just stuck to one thing, maybe I wouldn't be able to to do other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you always assume that we always assume that like being the the soccer player, the soccer player, it's got to be the best thing ever. Right. Yeah, yeah, and especially frustrating because, like, the stories I hear from my dad that he was always the guy, mm-hmm. always yeah. the guy, and he's like, telling you all the great things. Yeah, you know, you know like, he was. I wish I could experience. Those. You know, and <laughs> and also every time I played him at at something, he would always kick my ass. He never went easy on me. <laughs> like he would kick my ass. You know, he was like, "I'm not going to let you win. Like, why would I let you win? Right? Like, if you're going to win, it's because you actually beat me, not because I let you win." And, uh, you know, on my, mom, mom, my mom's side, she, she also got a lot of, uh, I don't know, accolades, you can call them, from, yeah. you know, from karate and, and, and stuff. She wanted me to do, like, track and field and karate and stuff when I was a kid, but I was always more into, like, the team sports. Now, let's so. say you have a son later down the road. Are you going to do it that same way? I don't know, man. I, I think... I would try. I wouldn't force them to, but saying, I would. Are, are you? Would you not let your son beat you in anything until he actually beats you? Or are you gonna let him win a little bit? Do you think that the way your dad attacked it was the best way possible? 
I think I th- it would piss me off because he wouldn't let me win, but uh, it taught me a lot that you know you need to earn a mm-hmm. uh, win. So I like that aspect of it. Mm. So you know, I would probably I don't know if I would do it exactly like he like he did, but I think that was. I'm glad he did it. Like I, w- I wouldn't want to, you know, wanted him to go uh, any other way. Like I'm gonna let you win or or whatever. Yeah, I'll probably be the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I have a son, right? And I mean, he's only eight. So, but when he's like 15, 16, I won't let him win shit. But now at eight years old, I'll let him win things. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So I don't know. I guess I can't answer that yet because he's too young to tell. Yeah. How old do you think Titus is going to be when uh, he outruns you for the first time? Like legitimately. I wish I could answer that. I wish I could could say never. But, you know, life happens quick. I I told myself I was going to be able to dunk until I was 40, and now here I am at 35. I can't dunk anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, my dad has like really bad knees now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if he said, if I, he's like, you never beat me at tennis or you never beat me at, uh, or one on one basketball, you never beat me at any of this. And he like likes to tell me that, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, if I played a tournament and I, um, or he would go see me play soccer and I would score maybe one goal or two goals, he's like, yeah, like, I probably score like four or five, like you know, always one up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't prove them wrong, right? But, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I like that. Did you come up with one yet? No, you were supposed to let that ride. No, putting you on the spot. I can't think of one. Hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll pop in. I'll, I'll think of one. Give me a sec. Yeah. Do you have another one of those? Um, um, ashrays? Yeah. Let me light this puppy up. Sarah, it's the black one that's over there. Should be behind the bag. I haven't had one of these in a while. Cut it off. You know how to cut it off? I'll tell you what, man, this is fun. I want to do this again. This can't be the only time. No, nah, dude, we need to do it. Next time I want to come and I want to... No. Next time I want to do this, I want to, I love that we don't have an outline, but I want to have. A little bit more of an outline. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> but like, it's like when we talk at the gym, because this is what sparked it, right? Yeah. Like we have such good conversations at the gym, but they're always like two or three minute hitters. Yeah, that'll work. But now that she gave you that, I'm going to go find it. because I know it's over there. Keep going. Um. I tell you, it's a different experience. With it that. is. Before you leave, I'm buying this. You're gonna shop. Did you get it on Amazon? All this stuff? All this no, I got it in Best Buy, <laughs> but you can get it in Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just going to put it in my car. going to show me how to do it. Now you can buy it all like, in a bundle. Can you? Is it cheaper? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe maybe just not. Maybe like 50 bucks or something. Yeah. You can 
50 bucks is 50 bucks. There you go. We just went snowboarding, Sergio. We were in Keystone for seven days. No work for seven days. Seven days, man. Jesus, how are your knees? Legit, great. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah. She's quite the speed demon over here. She got so the app. You get an app now when you buy the uh, passes, and they track your speed. Really? Yeah. She went forty. Is it epic? Yep. Really? I don't think that they. I, it wasn't the. I used my watch. Nah, she used her Garmin. But That's the right. but the app the app does track your elevation, your distance. Um, it tracks what lifts you take at what time. Yeah. And stuff like that. But yeah, my I use my Garmin for the speed speed check. How fast you go? Forty one miles an hour. Holy, yeah, really? She flies. Wow. Yeah. And well, she almost killed a little here. child once too, though. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the lighter. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, I'm excited. I'm I'm going next month. Where are you going? We're going to Vail. Oh, fun. And I think we might do one day in Breckenridge. What's the Wait, date? Wait, what day? August. I'm in August. Uh, March. We leave March 6th to the 11th. <sighs> we just miss you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys going back? 13th through the 18th. We'll yeah. be in Breck. Yeah. I'm going to try yeah, yeah. to go to Park City here in the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. Have you ever, ever been to Breck? No. Breckenridge? Oh, dude. It's, I think it's the best one. Is it one. your favorite? Yeah, I mean, I've only been? been to two. Oh. I've been to um, Aerophobia, I think it's Aerophobia Basin. A, A Basin. A Basin, yeah. Arapaho. Yeah. Arapaho, yeah. Arapaho. <laughs> I was not you love close it. to that. <laughs> um, it was nice, man. It's a badass mountain, too, but I think Breckenridge is better. I would say, yeah, A Basin's where I learned to board. I went there with my sister two years ago, and it was really fun, but I don't, it's not my favorite one that I've been to, so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can say until you've been to like a few. Yeah, because you got to check out Copper Mountain. Copper Mountain's yeah, a blast. You got to go to at least maybe four or five before yeah, yeah, I can yeah. say one. I mean, my first real mountain was A Basin. Mm-hmm. That was was that last year with um, no A Basin was. Oof, this is probably like five or six years ago. I can see you being good at snowboarding. Uh, like low center of gravity. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah. go pretty fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, I I eat it quite a bit too sometimes. Same, same, uh, right? <laughs> you just you just catch that little edge oh, there, the and you edge. Just, you're gone. Oh, trust me, you're gone. <laughs> I'm definitely a little concussed from catching edges. <laughs> but yeah, so we had this. Uh, we found this little run where she could go super fast, and. Uh, <laughs> She was probably like 20 or 30 yards ahead of me. And I saw it coming. I saw this little girl. Oh I can't remember. Was she on a snowboard or skis? Skis. Skis. Stopped out of nowhere. If, if, if she would have hit her, she would have killed her. Oof. She would have truly would have been hurt. Like something yeah. possibly would have broken, but she definitely would have been hurt. She probably wouldn't have came back to the mountain. Yeah, like it would have ruined her experience on the mountain. You would have tired her. Your fault. And you know what? And I acknowledge that. And something I also immediately acknowledged after I I did a very like slight correction to get around her. I was very proud of myself because that was later in the week when we when we were when that happened. If that was early in the week, I would have hit her. 
there was no maneuvering yeah. around her at that point. Yeah. Which speaks volumes for being there for seven days. You really can build some skill in seven oh, yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. was completely yeah, different rider from day one to day seven. My knees were just, they felt like full. I don't know. You, I don't know if you Do know you what I'm talking ski? about. Board. Board, okay. They just felt tired after like oh, two days of, snow, of yeah. snowboarding. But I mean, we were there all day long. I, I don't know if you guys say, were there all day long. Start to finish. We were there till we got kicked out. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And we just kept going and going yeah, and going. That's and how I usually do it. Usually it's three day trips for me. Yeah. With this one. Man, and I'm dead after that. Mm-hmm. It's seven lot. days. We were, that's what, going We didn't have to do it all day though. Yeah. Because right? yeah. you're there for seven days. So like you can leave the mountain an hour early and be like, all right, hey, we can come back tomorrow. Mm. And it actually, it's a better experience. Yeah, I was going to say, I made it yeah. better. I mean, sure. I think that goes without saying, but it's a better experience because you don't have to get to that point of exhaustion and trying yeah. to fit everything in. Yeah, because you only days. have two days. Yes. Like, so we just got to, you know, just got to. Because that's just expensive, man. It ain't cheap. That's Oof. the other thing, too, though, that I love about having. This is the first year I've had a, a pass, a season yeah. pass. And the relief that I had not waking up each day like, okay, I have to hit the mountain all day because I spent $150 on this just today. You know, like having a pass, having a season um, ticket where it's like just going that one week, you already paid it off. So it's already paid for. I'm. I wasn't worried about getting my quote unquote money's worth, and it almost it made it better, so much better. Yeah, I find that with snowboarding, because I'm very ambitious with snowboarding. I just want to be awesome at it. So you actually you think like you get better and you crash less, but you actually crash more because you just keep getting better and trying more you shit. Train, yeah, doing more mm-hmm. crazy you know? shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the last run, the only bad accident I had was on the last day. Mm-hmm. I had just dominated everything from my skill level standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm not Sean White by any stretch, <laughs> but but like from my standpoint, this is the best I'd ever been. I was crushing it, and. We get to this little small straightaway, and I'm like, all right, the next level is me starting to do jumps. Not just doing jumps, but doing tricks off the jumps. That's my next thing. And you have to be able to ride switch. You have to be able to ride goofy and regular if you're going to do tricks, right? Because you're not always going to land the way you like to land. So I started thinking, all right, I got to start practicing with my other foot going down. And that's what I was doing. Man, I must have been going a mile and a half. I was like barely at an oozing speed. Caught an edge and was on my ass. The snap of a finger. Snapped my head back. Like my neck sore for like four days. My head was ringing. I actually heard ringing in my head when it happened. And I wasn't doing anything. All I was doing was oozing down the mountain. Ah. Yeah, man. I, I did have an accident last year. I crashed into somebody. I think that I was fine, but the guy there was, was pretty hurt. Um, I ride goofy because I'm left-footed. Mm. So yeah. I think what happened was I have my back to, you know, we both had our backs to each other, and we're both going back mm-hmm. like this. So we, just, we didn't see each other, and all of a sudden I just feel like a Bump, and I'm like, what the fuck? And it's just this guy. He was snowboarding. Yeah, snowboarder. Okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, he was just riding regular, and he's going on his back. Uh, um, I guess going back. 
you know, not, not turning forward, but going back. So was I. But because I'm left-footed, I'm riding, I'm yeah. facing the other side. Back back. Yeah. We just went back to back. Was he angry? No, no, no. He was fine, but he was pretty hurt. Like, his mm. hand hurt. Um, mm. um, I mean, I think he was fine, but he, he was hurting for sure. Did you notice the difference in, what's the word I'm looking for? Manners. Like, we noticed, like, going down the mountain, you, and let's say you cut somebody off, or you get close, and you're like, oh, my bad, sorry. Nobody reciprocates it. They just look at you. There's no, there's no sorries coming from anybody else. There's no, huh? I didn't, ha- no, I didn't really pay attention to that. I think I was probably we just hyper focused on it. Well, not just that. It was even when we went to every time I ordered a beer, every time I got something like from a, you know, any type of service. You know, it was always the classic Midwest. Thank you so much, or mm-hmm. have a good day. Anything, mm-hmm. nothing. Just on to the next one. Not even a. A nod or a yeah. So then we we get in line, <laughs> and we're actually talking about it, like how how we don't really notice many people with manners out here in Colorado. <laughs> and you know when you start merging in the lines to get on the lift with other people, like let's say it's a five seat lift, and there's mm-hmm. two of you and three of them, so like you kind of make eye contact or whatnot. Well, I had actually started getting to the point where I was overly polite because i was mad that i wasn't getting it back <laughs> to people and i'm like hey man you uh you mind if we ride with you and he's like he's like absolutely man we'd love to and she looks at me and she goes he must be from the midwest and he goes we are wisconsin and missouri and yeah. we're like holy shit <laughs> and we chatted and for like 15 shit. minutes. Yeah, and we talked to them the whole ride up, and they were super nice people. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. <laughs> the whole time I'm, I'm thinking, because I'm not a very social person yeah. outside of what I do for a living, mm-hmm. which is a good conversation to have maybe after this, like extrovert versus introvert shit. I think most people think I'm an introverted or extroverted person because of what I do for a living. But when I'm on public, I don't like to talk to people. I don't like to have attention on me. I like, the opposite and the whole time i'm thinking in my head like oh, she's gonna ask this this couple for their phone number and we're gonna have to hang out with them and i really don't want to do that yeah and she doesn't magically and she and i go we get we finally separate from them at the top of the mountain i go man i thought you were gonna ask them for their phone number and she goes oh i thought about it <laughs> I was like, oh thank god you didn't damn no i don't no, I, I didn't really pay attention to that. So, uh, do you go may- with a group? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe just those people are like that because they they see so many people. Is it is it like a pretty touristy well, place or? Yeah, and I think another thing like that I've heard. I don't know. I've had conversations about like people from New York or like other areas where it's just. There's nothing meant by it. It's just not the norm in that area or that space, and it's not something that people take personally or mean ill by. It's just kind of an observation. It's just interesting. It's a me thing. right? Take it there. It's a me yeah, thing yeah. for sure because you shouldn't be polite to get it back. Right. And sometimes I get caught up in that. Yeah. Like if I mm-hmm. say, good excuse me, and then they don't say it back, or like, thank you, and I don't get a, you're welcome. 
I'm now I'm mad. Like, no. why did say that? But that's a, definitely a me thing. Something I need to work on. No, when uh, the first time I went to New York, um, this was like five years ago. The the thing that uh, opened my eyes the most, I was like, whoa, was everybody. There's so many people. This is like pre-COVID. Um, there's just so many people, and everybody is like in their own little world. I've never seen so many people with AirPo- uh, AirPods oh, on yeah. than in New York. Wow. And I don't know if you, I'm, I'm very like, I like to watch people. Mm. I'm very um, mm-hmm. observant. Observant, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like everybody is in their own, in their space, own little yeah. world. And there's just so many people around, so many stories to tell, so many, like, you know, so many things going on with people. And nobody knows. Like you just walk past another one and everybody's in their headphones. Nobody's saying hi to anybody. Like it's just, I think it's crazy. I don't know. It, I don't. I mean, to me, that was that was crazy. It's an impersonable world now. Yeah, yeah. See those goggles that just came out—the Apple goggle things. Yeah, they're like six what? grand. Yeah. So it's these goggles. You can see everything still. You know. I hate it already. What but it? <laughs> but they have a screen. Obviously, they have a screen there. Yeah. It's like a VR. It's like a VR, okay. but you can see everything. Like you can, I can see you, I can see him. Yeah. But you have like these screens in front of you also, and with your finger, I don't know how it does it. Somehow it it follows. You can be watching TikTok videos, and oh, no. and there's just, there's a bunch of videos of people like being in their um in restaurants or whatever with those things, and they're just like, yeah, oh, with no, their hands I in the air, it. or they're doing typing this, in the air, typing in air, the air. But air man, that's just the word. That's keyboard, that's where yeah. we're headed. Kind of sucks. I think so, yeah. But I mean, you can't stop that's technology. Where, man. That's where we're headed. What do you think about AI? Um, Does it scare you, or are you indifferent? I don't think it doesn't scare me. I don't think it's going to take over the world, like the movies. You know how it becomes sentient and I robot. Yeah, I robot. It, it becomes yeah. like a person of itself because. I think in all these movies and all these stories and all these like scenarios, we give AI when if it becomes conscious, a very human way of it becoming conscious. So we always think, oh, it's going to become conscious and it's going to want to take take over the world and it's going to want to protect itself and it's going to want to like do all these things that us as humans tend to do. So we give it a very human a human um, life, mm-hmm. it, per se. But if it actually came to have some sort of, um, uh, it became alive, right? We don't know what it would be. Like, we just have no idea. Right. We just think it's going to act like us. We, we think that it's going to be afraid of us or wanted to want to take us out or whatever. But I just think this is something that we would do and something that we actually do with each other, you know? trying to take over the world or whatever it is. So I don't think, I don't think it would be like that. I think it would be, it's just a completely different kind of life form in a sense. And we just don't know what, what it would be. So I I don't think it's, I think it's great. I mean, have you used like chat GPT? Have you? I love chat GPT. It's crazy. Conversations with it. It's crazy. Have you used it? 
Not really. No. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah. I do love it. I, I, I'm not smart enough to have an opinion on it. I, I think why I get worried is because people that are much, much smarter than me are worried about it. You know, like Elon Musk or um, one of my favorite thinkers is uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. Wrote Sapiens. He, he doesn't think too highly of it. Yeah. So, like, when people like that, that make us look like monkeys because they're so smart they're when so they're smart. worried about mm-hmm. it, I think that's probably why I have an assumption on it. But yeah. I, I'm not smart enough to say whether and I, I think it's going to take over the world. I, you can't stop it, though. One thing I've learned is you just can't stop it. It's too smart. Yeah, well, you you can't stop technology from rolling, right? Because we all know that AI is going to do good things for sure. And if we stop doing it because of the bad things we think are going to happen, all the other countries and powers in the world are going to continue to do it. So then we just fall behind. Mm-hmm. Yep. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, there's no way we can just stop. And I don't think there's going to be just like one, or maybe it might be, it might be like the internet. But, you know, in the, now, right now, there's all different kinds of AI. So it's not just like one AI that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, there's many different countries have their own uh, kind of AI. And it's all... So w- whenever someone says that if it ever becomes uh, sentient, I guess, you know, maybe it, be, it could be more than one. Then, then what would happen then? You know, because we always kind of think of it's just always it's just one AI that is in the whole entire world, and it's just not true. You know, it, it doesn't um, like China is working on AI, and they have their own AI. United States, like all these countries that have AI, is that they're all different. Um, they're all different computers. Mm-hmm. It's not one central artificial intelligence that the whole world has access to. Yeah. I think we so. might need about 125 milligrams of <laughs> gummies man, to unpack all that. Dude. <laughs> What's one thing that, um, that keeps you up at night that you think about a lot, like philosophical or... Man, I, I don't... Uh Mistakes I've made as a dad. Yeah? Yeah. I, I I think that's what I want to be best in life is being a dad. So I'm pretty hard on myself on certain things that I make, certain certain things that I do or don't do. Um, so that's probably a big one, but then the full umbrella of it is just living a life that I want to live versus what I have to live. Right? Like you start with your job. I actually work a job that I like, but in a perfect world, I wouldn't do what I do. I would do things a lot differently. And I think I have this ambition or this want to do that, but we don't live in a world that I could do that. Like I would like to just live remote you know, I'd like to live, 
out in the country and raise chickens and cows and farm and do all that kind of shit. That that to me feels like a more fulfilling life, but I'm not making steps. I'm not really taking the steps to do that. I think that's what keeps me up is, mm. you know, and most people don't like their job, so I know I'm in a good position. I enjoy my job, but there's other things I would still rather be doing, and I'm not really taking the right steps to get there. You think about that a lot? A lot. Yeah. I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think about it when I have to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get to the gym. Yeah. It's always great when I get there. I love the people that are there, and, you know, I'm glad I don't sit behind a desk for eight hours. Mm-hmm. But there's still... I'd lo- like I'd love to live a perfect day every day. Right? What's a perfect day look like for you? For me, it would be like waking up and reading for a couple hours and drinking a bunch of coffee and then go play around the golf and then go on a hike with my son and do all these things like th- that. Those are the kind of things I would like to do, but it doesn't seem like I'm anywhere close to just just being able to do that. But do you think that doing that every single day is something that you would want to do? Or do you think that if the more you do it, like say you would have that perfect day every day, do you think you would lose that appreciation to what you're doing that day, say, if you did it after two or three years? You know what I mean? Yeah, possibly, I think, but I think, I think that would evolve. It would evolve, like, okay, like today's perfect day might be different than tomorrow's perfect day. But tomorrow's perfect day, and then the next perfect day would still wouldn't be me just working Training eight hours a day. So it's different perfect days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get to a point to where, you know, I just have invested in the right things and those things just make money and then I can decide what my day looks like as opposed to having to give up my time. Mm -hmm. Right? Like right now, the way I get paid is showing up to the gym. I would like to get paid in a different way, not get paid for my time, you know, get paid by my investments and then use my time the way I want to use it. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Like, hey, you know, not doing this or not doing that or doing this and doing that might get old, but I want to experience that. I want it to get old. And then I want to find the next thing I want to do over and over and over again. Do you think it would be more difficult, though, to find, like, um, and I say this because, um, so I think about people that go into retirement, right, that maybe they lose, like, a purpose in, in, we all all have to find kind of, like, a purpose. That's what keeps us going, and and if if doing, um, if just doing what you want to do every single day, do you do you think that could have like a negative impact? That's what I'm trying to get at. In in, in being able to actually enjoy those things as much as you do, then whenever you're like have some kind of like we go back to like struggling and failing, like you know having those days of like fuck, I don't want to go to work today. And then when you actually have a day off, you're like, oh, like it just feels that much better. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? I do. Then always having that mm-hmm. day off. And I don't mean day off and like you're not doing, but you know what I mean? Like you yeah, like not having whole, those days of struggle. It's like sunny days. Your, fit, your boy 50 Cent, right? Sunny days don't feel good if it wasn't for rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, but no, I would rather those rainy days be because I've overdone something I was loving at the moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on yeah, here in yeah. deep waters. Let me, let me, let me take you out there. Like, I'd rather. It's not what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And again, I acknowledge that I got a pretty easy life. Like, I don't. You know, I don't, I don't have to work a shit ton, but I don't. Also, get to do everything that I would want to do. You know, yeah. I would like yeah. to buy an RV and just travel, go to. A, Every different golf course and every different um, pizza joint in the country, mm. but hmm. got to pay the bills. Yeah, those don't stop. Would you? I think it's like when you talk to people about that love their job. A lot of them will say things like, "You know, I would do this for free," and I would. Like if 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 I just stumbled upon an ass load of money, I would probably still train people on the side for free. You know, I'd be like, hey, yeah, you mm-hmm. want to lose 20 pounds? Let's do it. Yeah. Meet me at the gym every Wednesday. But but it's not what I would give the majority of my time to. I'd like to, I'd like to homeschool my son. That would be great. I would love to do that. I'd like to be his teacher. I'd like to find um, unorthodox ways to unorthodox classrooms. You know, I'd like to do things like that, but I can't do that right now. At least I haven't figured out how to do that. That's what I would much rather be doing. Yeah. What about yeah. you? You love your job? Um, I love it in, in the sense of I get to see uh, my father every day. Um. I love it in the sense that I have control or a lot of control in whatever effort I put into it, you know, it's what I'm going to get. I'm not I'm not too limited in terms of like you know, uh, like growth. But it sucks sometimes because it's la- it's labor, it's work, it's physical work and it sucks being out there when um you know, I've worked in that like same kind of line, line of work for a long time when before I was working for myself, you know, and it sucked, man. Like it's, you know, being out there in, in the sun and it gets or in the cold and um, I didn't love that. Um, but being able to, um, you know, quote unquote, uh, be my business, it I like that part of it. You know, I like to be able to, you know what, say, take a couple of days off without really having to um, ask permission. I love that aspect of it. Um, but it's... it's if, you, if, if somebody told you, okay, hey, you get to do, you're financially secure for the rest of your life, would you continue to do what you do? 
Like if you never had to pay bills ever again, your house was paid for. If um, I, you, know, oh, you got no, gas, no. You, you paid for food. So you, that's kind of what I'm getting at is I would rather, I'd love no. to, and it's never then if that No, if it's that, um, no. I think we all almost, uh, all three of us at the table, I think we all like our jobs more than the other jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? We like our jobs more than the other jobs. That's what most people mean when they say, you know, I love my job. You like it more than you like the other jobs. Yeah. But, you know, the grind of work sucks. Yeah. You know, having to wake up and be somewhere sucks. Having, you know, to meet a standard sucks. I am very attracted. I think that's why I like um, human history. Again, with that Sapiens book by Yuval, Mm -hmm. where he talks about how the agricultural revolution is like the biggest scam that humans have ever come up with essentially because there was a point in time when we were hunter gatherers and you worked for like three hours a day. Like you might go hunt a deer. Sarah might go find a berry bush and I might collect some wood for the fire. Right. In about three hours, we all meet back up, set up camp. And then boom, we got the rest of daylight to shoot the shit, dance around the campfire, sing songs, um, play games, Doing things like that, right? That's what life was like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you might walk outside and get eaten by a tiger or, or you know, go down sick from strep throat and die. Like, that obviously sucks. But from the standpoint of what they were required to do to have their standard of living was nothing. It was minimal. Now, we have to work most of us eight, nine hours a day, which takes away from, like, I bet you had a better chance to be a dad, a, a really good dad, when you were just with your kid all fucking day. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's watching you all day, and you guys are talking all day and around each other. But now it's not like that. Now we've segregated ourselves into different little pods of shit that we just have to do because that's the way the world works. That's why I am fascinated by early human history because they weren't doing that. You know, it was obviously life was harder. We can't, I can't combat that medicine is better. I can't combat that, you know, having a nice truck isn't awesome, but I would give all that stuff up to have eight to 12 hours a day to shoot the shit outside, playing games with my son and friends and that's that's how i would like to live and i know it's not a realistic expectation but hey we're yeah. we're talking about dreams right now right but you know? i think that you need to look at it in a way of like do you think that you know back then life expectancy was probably a lot um shorter right there's probably not many old people around oh there was though that's the common misconception the, the what what actually was happening was more people died at childbirth in adolescence, mm-hmm. so it skewed the numbers. Once you got past a certain age, um, like you know, fifteen years of age, let's say, m- life expectancy really has been around the same. It's been mm-hmm. seventy to eighty years old, but mm. m- a, a, a large portion of people were dying in the early years. In the early years, okay. but if you made it there, you lived. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's not necessarily that. I lost my train of thought here. Like but, the quality of yeah. life that yes, they had the was the quality of life was better. There was just more trials and tribulations. Like they were just going down from dumb shit. Like I said, nobody dies. Not many people die from a cold. Everybody could die from a cold. Anybody could die from a cold back then, right? Mm-hmm. There's and obvious like childbirth and all that. Yeah, too. yeah. There's obvious like benefits to growing up in the 21st century, but I would be willing to bet from my point of view that living I like I've told her a million times man to be an Indian would have been so cool you know like living a fucking teepee and just look through the top of your teepee and see every star in the sky yeah right, we can't do that now like when's the last time you got to see every star in the sky you can't do that unless you go to like Hawaii and you're at you know that mm-hmm. big ass mountain like that kind of shit how fulfilling would that be that's the kind of shit yeah. that I think like living simply and living in nature and experiencing that, but not to say that that's an easy life. Like there's that has its own hard, but I think that there's a draw to experiencing life in that in that space in that time. Yeah, we've put ourselves in a hole. Like well, money is a necessity. You you don't have to care about money, but you do at the same time. Right. Right? We don't have that choice. We don't have the choice to be able to say, I don't, I don't care about money. And you you kind of have to because you're not going to be able to get electricity. You're not going to be able to put food on the table. You're not going to be able to do all these things. Yeah. I'd like and to live that life. Even if you were resourceful enough to survive like that, like the old ways, you can't. No, right, you can't. Right, <laughs> right. That's what sucks. Like, like yeah. even if you wanted, yeah, yeah. even if you could, I would do that in a heartbeat. Like you're yeah. not allowed to. Yeah, I would because live either in someone else's property or state property or the mm-hmm. government, and you're like, yeah. ah, you the, get the fuck out of the here. World's too small now. Yeah, yeah, that's in in a perfect world. Like we talked about again, perfect days. Like I'd like to go live back like that. Mm. That would be fulfilling. Fuck yeah, but man, I bet it was hard. I bet so. Oh, it was sure. hard. You met like Choose you're talking about before the agricultural uh, revolution, right? Mm-hmm. So these people had to pick up and and travel all the time, mm-hmm. move, 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 move. Um, man, it must have been hard. But you also got to think it's different than like we think about moving, right? We think about okay, well, now I got to go put everything in boxes and move. It's like no, you don't have any possessions. You don't need possessions. You got you know the couple of cloaks on your back mm-hmm. you know you pack up your tp maybe you don't maybe you make a new tp yeah. you know you don't mm-hmm. have sh- you just and we're not talking about moving across the country we're talking about moving over there on that mountaintop you know because the herd moved over there and let's go live over there yeah i don't know how we got to this point but <laughs> but that's the kind of life i'd love to live i'd, I'd love to go back in time And live in a different era. I don't, I'm not a... Technology doesn't get my dick hard. You know? It, that's why I'm so attracted to her, too. She loves being outside. And she mm-hmm. loves doing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's just... Um, like um, you've all said yeah. in the book, we just tell, we just tell stories now. Mm-hmm. Everything's a story. Money... We tell a story that 
corporations. They're just stories. Yeah. They Fiction. don't exist. Yeah. But it's also why we're so good. Yeah. You know, it's he, because we're able to you and I have like this contract of like, OK, this this is worth a dollar. You know, it's worth a dollar. I accept it's worth a dollar. She accepts it's worth yeah, a yeah. dollar. So it's worth a dollar. Mm-hmm. You know, but what's what it really book. worth? You know, it's, yeah. and it's just that story. Thinking. Yeah. 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 It's and fiction. It, yep. It's just a story that we tell each other. And we, in order to have a functioning society, we all have to be in agreement mm-hmm. that that's what it's worth. Yep. Otherwise, you know. Chaos. Chaos. Yeah. And more war and fighting. Because if we can't agree that my three chickens equals your, you know, bundle of firewood, then I'm just going to have to try to take it from you. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that's also in our nature. Yeah. I think it's just part of human nature mm-hmm. that we're like that. Did you I see? I think uh, inevitably it was going to, it's going to come to this point. Did you see Chimp Empire? Yes. How cool was that? Yeah, man, those chimps are hardcore. I didn't know that the, the craziest thing that I saw is that they patrol their land. Somehow they tell, have you, have you seen it? Mm-mm. Somehow, so there's these chimps and it's a group of chimps and it's also like the alpha chimp and um somehow they have like this perimeter of what their land is and you know they're like you know what Josh you know we can get gather up all the guys and we're going to go on patrol around our land to make sure that it's safe village territory space yeah, yeah. they do that i was like what yeah. you know you think they're these monkey these chimps that you know they're just these apes that are just living in 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 the trees eating fighting each other whatever but they have like their actual like social hierarchies rankings yeah Yeah. they respect each other they respect the the alpha Mm -hmm. there's always the outcast guy that like you know the weird guy (laughs) there there was like there was this this chimp that like he was kind of like the weird one that no one really got around you know um but to me, like them actually getting all the guys together and going on a patrol over their land just to make sure that, that they were good. So intense, too. That's yeah. what we came from. Yeah. It's nutty. Yeah. I mean, it's not much, really, that separates, genetically speaking, between chimps and us. You already said it. Our yeah. ability to tell fiction. It's the only thing yeah. that separates us from yeah. monkeys. Yeah. Is we can agree on... Fiction, things mm-hmm. that doesn't Fiction. actually exist. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it doesn't. That's crazy. Yeah, corporations, companies—they're—they're they're all just stories that we tell each other. Religion, religion, nationalism. That's something that blew my mind. Was nationalism and how toxic it actually is, right? Because when you think that. Uh, like we're proud to be Americans. When we say things like that, it also implies that we think we're better than Canada, Mexico, France, mm-hmm. Japan, right? We ha- we're exclusive. So you have to tread carefully when you say shit like that because, again, it, it's a pretentious thought. And that's what causes issues. Yeah, that's how you have a Nazi party. Mm-hmm. 
if it goes too far, that you think that you're better than everybody else, and you have to go and show it. Yeah. Didn't we talk about that Neil deGrasse Tyson book, where he talks about like, um, you know, how uncreative it is to label ourselves certain skin colors. Mm, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Where he's like. First off, we're not even the colors that we say we are. Like, I'm considered a white guy, but I don't disappear when I stand in front of a mountain of snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like most black people aren't black at all. Right? They're a different shade of brown, you know? Yeah. And like what was the one reference he's like, well, any any idea of, you know, Santa Claus being a black guy is obscene. Because he lives in the North Pole. So he has less melanin. So he's not going to be a black guy. Mm. But the same concept of Jesus being a white guy in the Middle East is obscene as well. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you remember that day? Yeah, <laughs> I came, sure do. <laughs> she came in. We were just finished talking about you this. You guys were talking about it, and me and, and I was came Eric, up, too. And, I, and she uh, she came in, and I'm like, hey, Sarah. Um, and this is, like, the first thing I said to her. I'm like, hey, so um, do you think Santa Claus was black or white? <laughs> I go, oh, fuck off. Didn't I say something yeah, like that? Yeah. I was like, oh, because Eric was there. So I was like, something's going on yeah. here. Like, I don't know what this is about, but. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hey, do you have a bathroom here? That yeah, the second tree out there. The right. <laughs> I need to pee real quick. Go ahead. Is that cool? Yeah. 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 Keep going. Keep going. Like, I feel like Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is. I want to get all of this shit. This is a blast. I would love. Oh yeah, it's flashlight vibes always. Roadcaster. Something about like the importance of having conversations because that goes so many directions. Mm-hmm. So it's like just a, a safe space to agree and disagree and talk through concepts and ideas or experiences or stories. Yeah. For all of it? No, just uh, this guy here. This is why it's 400. Huh? He said this thing's 400. Yeah, maybe this is. Is this the Rode Broadcaster or Rodecaster Pro 1? Yeah, this is the uh, first version. I think there's a new version that came it out. It is the 2. Okay, yeah. 700. Okay. Wait, this does one it come with a bundle? No, it doesn't come it's with a bundle. It's just the thing? Yeah, it's just the. Uh, you got it at the right time, sir. Like, how did you learn how to do all this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's pretty... Um, <laughs> um, 
it's it's pretty easy. Um, so these controllers here control the volume of um, the mic. So I'm mic one, right? So if if I go all the way, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's easy, that's easy. So that's pretty much up to mic four. Um, I think you are able to connect a wireless mic. I think that's why this one's here for, or a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think it also has a USB port in there somewhere. And then you just hit this button here to record. You just hit record, and that's it. What are you all just, these colored buttons over there? So, so these are fun. But, like, these are just, like, the volume on your headphones. Mm-hmm. So, you're, I could turn it up and you probably hear me. It's probably more, right? Loud as fuck. Loud, yeah. <laughs> loud as fuck, right? So, I keep it, like, around there. And these you can customize, but it comes with, like, presets. So, if I press this one, maybe, like, an intro. What it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is it cool? It's music. It's, like, it's oh, just music. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one. Clapping. Uh, it's, like, Da-da. a Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crickets. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I. Sh- that's what I should have done earlier. Done that, yeah. When I asked you about uh, what was it, your what were your biggest fail- best failure best was? Yeah, failure. I should have done crickets. Um, <laughs> laughter, people laughing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one you should have played when she couldn't think of something. Aww. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you preset those or those? No, are, these are just uh, the ones that it came with. Yeah, but I think you but can. You can adjust. Uh, yeah, you can come up cool. with your own. So if you have like your own uh, yeah, intro, your own intro, that'd be dope. Yeah, man, this is happening. Best Buy tomorrow, I think. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's it's it, so much fun. I'm yeah, I wish you had headphones because it, it makes it a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It helps like, the experience. Yeah, it yeah. helps the experience. Do you feel like hearing yourself is weird? Oh, like I feel like I wouldn't love that. I honestly haven't even noticed. Oh, okay. I noticed it when I first put them on. But now you're used to it. Yeah. yeah but now it just sounds like it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. When you went out to take a piss, I looked. It's ten o'clock already. I had no idea. Really? Oh. I'm going for two hours. Yeah. I mean, you got here at what eight or a little later? Like eight fifteen, eight twenty, something like that. Yeah. I'm getting man. these, man. It's so much fun. Yeah, these are. They're fun, man. I need to do it more. I need to you like need to, actually. Yeah, I was just saying. You do to need him, to do like, it more. Do it, do it more. Yeah, do like a once a week or. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Did you look up questions? Um, for today. Just in general, like, do you have? Do you ever like? Do you ever like research like what great questions are? Because like interviewing no. is a fucking art, man. Like, like you look at somebody like Joe Rogan. I love Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like, like every other dude, I think. Like. He always seems to be able to keep the conversation going and asking and prodding and asking, mm-hmm. yeah. inserting the right questions. He probably does that, but also I think he does it so much yeah. that it just it becomes Natural. he becomes a better uh, speaker or, mm-hmm. or conversationist. Um, yeah, because that's what he said. He'll, I've heard him say that numerous times. He's like, I don't interview anybody; I just have conversations. Yeah, mm-hmm. you no. Know? Yeah, he's interested in something, so yeah. he invites yeah. some someone that yeah. maybe he's How an expert cool, on though, that. How cool, though, to be able to, you know, find something interesting or have somebody that's excellent in their craft and get to just ask him all the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. That is badass. I need to find that bundle, though. I think E just bought one of those. E did? Is he yeah. doing it? I think so. I don't know if he's done one, but because he was asking me about it. I was going to say, because he made a comment. I mean, I thought he was joking, but he did make a comment at um, Brace for Impact about a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was kidding, but I don't know. I think he got one of these. That's dope. Yeah. 
He'd be fun for us to do one with too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so I had him. I um I was gonna do one with him, and he was coming. He he came over, but we ended up not doing one because literally like five minutes before he gets uh, to my house, the freaking power goes off. <laughs> <gasps> oh my gosh. That's so we didn't have any, no, we have any powers. We couldn't do one. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a cool conversation, but it was just basically in the dark because mm. it was, it was getting dark. Um, and, uh, we just had a little candle there, uh, <laughs> lit and we were just talking, <laughs> but no mic, no nothing. I was like, my bad, man. Cause I know he kind of, kind of lives out like out towards sure. this way too. Right. He lives like five minutes from here. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, for him, it's still like a, where do you live at? Maryland Heights. So Damn. it's like oh, a thirty-two, man. like a thir- thirty-two minute drive, which isn't bad. I'm used to driving. Anything like under an hour is easy, pretty easy. normal to me. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. if I if it's thirty, like I've officially transitioned to if it's thirty minutes away, that's nor- very normal. Normal, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I I noticed that as a gym owner too because I read somewhere one time that most people drive. 20 to 25 minutes to get to a gym Mm. and they pass numerous gyms on the way to the gym that they like Mm -hmm. and then it becomes a selling point too because most people drive 25 30 minutes to get to work Mm -hmm. that's why i drive 20 20 between 22 and 25 minutes to go to the gym gym. Yeah. yeah exactly so becomes just a a selling point like hey you drive to the gym you like fuck how long it takes to get there yeah, yeah. right you i know, mean that's if, what's going to get you in the door yeah. every day or every yeah if you like it and you'll show up it doesn't mm-hmm. i mean doesn't matter yeah yeah you, you'll go to a gym that you like yeah. 25 minutes away but you won't go to a gym that you hate 10 yeah minutes it's like away. choosing mm-hmm. between going to branch and going to a, the planet fitness up the street like nobody likes planet fitness <laughs> like you're just not yeah. going to show up to that consistently yeah mm-hmm. so Speaking of Planet Fitness, there's one on Highway K. It's like a double-decker. Have you seen it? No. Is it new? Brand new. I actually heard on a podcast the other day about Planet Fitness and why they're so successful. Their whole marketing plan is marketed to sell memberships to people that they know won't show up. Won't show up, yes. Right? So... They don't want the heavy weights. They don't want those, you know, free weights and those things that the people that show up regularly, they don't want that because they want to sell memberships but not lose the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that wild? That's crazy. You think about that? It's like, it's perfect. Because when I was working at Gold's, we had, it was Highway K Gold's gym. There was... Like 5,000 active members and maybe 800 showed up wow. every month. And that's wow. only every month. Like that could be once a month. It could right. be twice a month. 5,000 members. That's crazy. Paying at the time, it was like the going rate of golds was like $45, $50 a month. Isn't that insane? 5,000 people spending yeah. that and only 800 of them showing up. So gyms depend on people paying and not coming. Yeah, they pay. They, <laughs> yeah, they depend also, on the people that don't go. Yeah, which yeah. is also why, like, when people ask me, like, are you ready for the uh, 
the influx of people for the New Year's, it's like, no, we don't, you don't really get that at my kind of gym because people that are coming in as resolutioners usually already know they're going to quit, right? They might not verbalize it, and they might not even think that themselves, but deep down they know this probably isn't going to work out, so they can stomach losing 10 bucks a month versus paying 100 a month and never showing up. Right. So we don't ever get that influx, so it's hard to get excited for the new year. But, you know, I'd rather people show up and get results yeah but it's also why Jim struggled with COVID because people started realizing oh bills are tight you know we don't know where the world's going to go here so all those people that were willing to just let the money go while they weren't going started tightening up and like okay what can I get rid of on my bills (laughs) right yeah what can I get rid of so those those ghosts we're canceling their memberships, and then gyms really started suffering because they're like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Now the only people that want to come are the people that come. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Damn. Um, something I, I don't think we've really talked about, but I've always wanted to ask you, are you, are you a man of, like, faith? Do you believe in God? I love it. No, not at all. Um, definitely something that I've uh, become comfortable with saying as of late as the last like year or two mm-hmm. um, it's actually my she laughed because she sees it like it's my favorite hobby you know it's not from lack of trying or lack of um, being educated on it it is quite literally my favorite thing to talk about, my favorite thing to research, my favorite thing to read about. If you look at my library over there, there's books on both sides. I like reading both sides. But no, no. Religion to me is man-made. I come from a, have you ever heard of Pentecostals? Yes. You have? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like Pentecostals, a lot of people confuse them with like, like Amish people, right? The, the women wear long jean skirts and don't cut their hair. Mm-hmm. Um, the men will only wear pants. They don't wear shorts. They speak in tongues. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. And I had some... I, I drank the water for a while, probably until I was like 15 had a few experiences that really made me start questioning it. At the time, I didn't even know that questioning religion was a thing. I thought that everybody just believed. But certain things happened. Um, Certain things happened to me. Like, for example, in middle school, having Catholic friends. In the Pentecostal church, you don't drink that's the devil, right? There's, alcohol is not a thing. You, you don't, in, don't participate in that at all. But Catholics drink like fish, mm-hmm. right? So that's one of the first things that started spinning my wheels. Like, we're believing in the same God, right? We believe in the same God, but yet you, you say he says you can't drink, 
or can drink, and I and mine says he can't. So like your wheels start spinning. You're like, all right, so there's differences here. But then I had some personal experiences going to things like a like a powwow. So like we had this thing called Royal Rangers, and um, it was like Boy Scouts for Pentecostals. And you go to this camping trip, and at this particular camping trip, there was um, a motivational speaker or a spiritual speaker, and he took like 500-something boys. <clears throat> and we all get around this campfire, and he tells this cool-ass story. It was like the story of Braveheart. It was like super cool. You know, I don't know what the relevant. I can't remember what the relevancy was or why he was telling it and what the mission was. But at the end of it, it was like, all right, guys, so now what we're going to start doing, she's putting her mic down because she knows this. <laughs> um, you, she knows the story, but um, we were going to practice speaking in tongues, right? So you come down to the fire, and you know you're kind of down on two knees and closing your eyes, and you're praying to God and trying to talk to the Holy Spirit, and He's going to come through you, and you're going to speak this language of the Holy Spirit, and you know, and there's. Again, 500 kids around me, and everybody's speaking in this way, or, or trying to speak in this way, and, and basically it turned into, okay, hey, once you speak the language of the Holy Spirit, you bounce. You can go back to the campsite, and you can start you know, playing checkers or whatever the hell we were doing. And I, you know, one by one, one of my friends would do it, and they'd leave and do it and leave, and started becoming one of the last ones. You know, There's like 100 of us left, and, mm-hmm. and the same guy. Now he's like, all right, guys, so if... If you're still struggling, you know, just fake it. Fake it, and, and eventually it'll just happen. And then even more of my friends disperse. You know, they fake this bullshit language, and they leave. And that is the one that stuck with me. It's like, oh, now we're faking it. Yeah. Right? You're, you're faking it. And, and I wanted this shit so bad, man, I'm crying. I'm right in front of this fire, sweating my dick off and crying, like trying, like begging the Holy Spirit to come through me and speak in this way and... Um, and it never happened, you know, and I, I was the last one there. He you know, kind of patted me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, man, it'll happen for you at some point, at some point. You know, 15, 14 years old, I'm like, why, why the hell didn't it happen for me? And then, and then I'm thinking, like, well, why the hell would they fake it? How come they don't want it as bad as me? And that was the that was the Band-Aid getting ripped off, like, oh, mm. this might be horse shit, you know? And then it just turned into me just stop going. I got to a point... To where, you know, I got into college, I stopped going to church. And then, you know, recently, the last five years or so, I started diving into it and reading history and coming up with my own opinions. So that's the long about way to say, no, I don't. I don't. um, But do you think that because of the contradictions between, like, denominations, say, we're saying Christianity, that that was one of the, the biggest things, or do you just think that in objectively it uh, a creator like that doesn't exist? No, I don't. I don't think that it does. Um, I think that if, again, a lot of the things I'm going to say, I, I, I've heard other smart people saying, you know, and I've kind of adopted it as my own, so I won't pretend like I was smart enough to come up with a lot of the things I can say about all this, but, like, when you think about... Um, children getting cancer. When you think about how many people die from starvation or mosquito bites and die these horrific deaths, 
you 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 contemplate how this benevolent God could let all this happen. That to me screams that he either doesn't have the power to help us or that he doesn't fucking care. Right? So either way, why would I want to participate? And 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 then people will ask you the question along the lines of um well why don't you just what's the point in trying? You know, like what if you're wrong? And I think to myself, well if I was wrong and I die and I go up to this pearly gate, right? And he's there and he's there to judge me and he says um he says all right, well, you didn't believe in me, so you're fucked. And then the person next to me, well, hey, you know, you decided to just believe in me and you're in. But I was a good person and he was a shitty person. He gets to go in and I don't just because I didn't believe. Because I, did, I couldn't figure out which one of your personalities was correct. Right? You got the Baptist God, the Catholic God, the... Um, Islamic God, like it has to be more than just where you were born. You ever think about that? Like, if you're born in Iraq, you're probably a Muslim. If you're born in Missouri, you're probably a Christian. You're born in India, you're Hindu. You're born in, um, you, you get the point, right? Yeah. It, it has to be more than just where you're born. And 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 how I can ramble on on this and start. Stop making sense. Because I, I haven't been able to fully take my um, personal experience out of it that makes me angry about it to be able to um, articulate it in a way that doesn't offend others. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it, it never comes from a place of wanting to change people's minds, but... When I talk about it, I get animated about it, and I, I get passionate about it, and it comes from a way of, it, it'll come off as a, maybe arrogant or maybe looking down on people, but the, the, the roundabout answer is no. I like that you mentioned angry. Do you think that um, <clears throat> you might just be, in a sense, um, in a fight, um, with yourself because you're angry because maybe that day you didn't, you know, that Holy Spirit did not come down and touch you like you were promised. Um, do you think that that anger, um, are you, do you feel like maybe you're in a fight with that anger of, of it didn't happen that day, so it must not be true because it just, it, it was promised to me that day and it didn't happen. It definitely started or, out like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I read a lot of books, and I, and I watch a lot of content, and, and I really, truly have done my best to unpack it the best way that I can. And when you do that, you start to really see the, all the contradictions. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of contradictions in the Bible, which I've read twice, all the way through one time as a believer, one time as a non-believer. There's so many contradictions in it that just don't add up and don't yeah. make sense. And then when you start to dive into where does the Bible come from? I, I thought the Bible just ascended from heaven. 
and was put into a priest's lap and was like, hey, here's the word of God. And there's two problems wrong with that. One, if it came from God, why isn't it perfect? Why is there shit like slavery in there? Mm -hmm. And why does God care about who I'm fucking or what I eat? Right? I think it's in the the book of, uh, maybe it's Leviticus. It's like, hey, if your child talks back, stone them. If you wear two different types of material for clothing, you're going to hell. If you eat pork, you're going to hell. That shit can't be right. There's no way that yeah. can be right. And there's, and he literally, in the Bible, there, there's literally parts that teach you how to own slaves. And then we all know that slavery is terrible. And then when you say that to somebody that is a true believer that will not question anything, they'll say, well, oh, that's the Old Testament. Well, how the fuck can you justify that? Just because it's, I mean, the Old Testament and the New Testament, they seem to be two totally different gods, right? You got Jesus, who seems to be a really great person, which I do believe he was a real person. And there's plenty of historical evidence that shows that he is a real person. Um, I think that the game of telephone is what skewed it. <clears throat> I don't think he's... Th- my belief, I don't think he really actually thought he was the son of God. I think he was just like a Buddha, just a really enlightened person who wanted people to treat people better and wanted to, you know, the world to be a better place. And then, because the shit didn't get written down for a couple Hundreds hundred years. years. Yeah. yeah. And we can't even tell a story with 12 of us of a 60-word story and whisper in each other's ear and get the same story, right? Yeah. There's agendas attached to all those things. There's um, human error. There's greed. There's a point in, in history where the only people that could decipher the Bible were the people that could, like, the priests. They're the only people that could read. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're the ones translating, and they're the ones writing the new books. They're gonna write shit in there that makes sense for them, makes sense for the times. God doesn't like homosexuals. I mean, I think all three of us can agree that there ain't nothing wrong with a homosexual, mm-hmm. right? Why do we care who you have sex with? But all of these contradictions, it just—it's alarming that people just pick and choose what they want to believe. Yeah. They just look past that shit. Kind of looks like you want to say something. No. Nope. Just listening. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, is it not? Yeah, mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. I, I think I, I think something I can appreciate about about your outlook on it is that you do listen and absorb and hear different perspectives as often as you can because you do want for yourself to feel like your understanding and your stance is what's best for you and being a good person. Yeah. If being a good person isn't enough to get in. Yeah. And I don't think that being a believer or, you know, in a particular religion is a prerequisite for being a good person. Yeah. And a lot right. of people, especially <laughs> religious people, think oh, totally. that it is. It's a great point. Yeah. That's a great it is point. Because otherwise... What's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, my dad's that's what one they, of those That's people. what they would say. Yeah, my dad's one of those people. He thinks that, um, you know, 
what's it all for then? If this isn't real, like, why are we good? Well, we're good because it just feels good to be it's, good. Yeah. Doesn't it? That's the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, yeah. Like, I think, I feel like I'm an aspiring good person. I try my best to be a good person. I think the people around me would say, hey, at least he tries, right? Yeah. But I do that and I don't, I think the lights go out. I don't believe that there's something after this. Why would I do that? Yeah. It's because it, it's the right thing to do. To, to say that religion is the only reason why people don't just walk around stealing and murdering and raping, it's, it's just not the case. I don't think so either. There hasn't always been Christianity. right? There hasn't always been um, any of these religions. right? Mm-hmm. And people were doing good things prior to those beliefs. So to me... It's um, the struggle isn't with whether or not I believe or not. The struggle is more so death, like making sense of death. I think I, I love reading about death and, 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 and figuring out my relationship with it because that's, that's what I found is the biggest struggle, right? Because when you're, when you're a believer, you think, okay, I die, I go to heaven. And... <clears throat> when you don't believe, it's like, okay, the lights are out. So what is my purpose here? I don't think there is a purpose. I don't think there is a meaning. I think you have to make it. You make a meaning. But also, doesn't that make your life more fulfilling? Yeah. Thinking and understanding the potential that, hey, this is all that I have. Yeah, I have, a, I have more to all live All that you for. have is right now. Yes. People think, what you don't have anything to live for. I actually have more to live for because I don't think I have a second chance. Right. Like there is Yes, thank you for bringing yeah. that. That's That's... Incredible, an incredible point to make. I I have more to live for because I know there's nothing afterwards. I do want to say one more thing, and we can get off this topic if you guys don't like it. But one of my own actual thoughts that I've come up with, right? Because I've you'll often hear me say like, you know, I just parrot shit. You know, I, I learn it, 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 it hits me, and I and I adopt it. But one thing that I have come up with myself that I think is extremely powerful is like this paradox of of heaven. Right, and I know you love this because we talk about fifty cent all the time, and we talk about you know sunny days don't mean shit without rainy days. Like if if it was just always sunny, we wouldn't appreciate it. We appreciate sunny days because it's rainy. Heaven has to be the same way. If you're gonna go into this place where everything's perfect, it's all good, nothing bad happens, no sorrow, no pain, no no discomfort. When does that get boring? At some point, it has to just lose its flair. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, it has to lose its flair at some point. And we're talking about eternity now, and neither of us can even fathom how long that is. Eternity is forever. Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It has to get old. And I just don't think that that's an actual well-thought concept. There has to be something that makes us aspire to be good or to enjoy pleasure if it if it's just always coming our way you you'll get you'll get sick of it i think it it like i said earlier it's part of our nature that we want to move away from pain and go mm. towards pleasure yes. and sometimes a little bit too much and that's all we seek um you know i i think that 
I don't know if God exists. I don't want to say. I look at it from a way of, like I've re- always been like into science and like all that stuff. And one thing that I've learned is nothing is one hundred percent certain. Like mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. you right. can't have one hundred percent certainty in anything. So that kind of stops me from saying that you know what God doesn't exist. Right, I get that. So I'm more of like I don't know. It's like an agnostic, I think. Is what you were yeah, 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 like, like, yeah. like you're like not agnostic. necessarily saying he's not there, but you're also saying not saying it's you. Yeah, know. and you know, I, I want to say I'm always trying to make sense of things mm-hmm. since I was a kid. Like I always, like I'm very observant mm-hmm. of people, trying to make sense of, and like you, it's just it it doesn't quite add up. Mm-mm. A lot of contradictions, a lot of things, like you said, you know. Uh, uh, kids dying from hunger or or war, or like innocent people dying. Like, if a loving God exists, why does He allow this? Yeah, you know. And people mm-hmm. will rebuttal that and they'll say, "Well, well, it's because man sinned." It's like free will. Fuck, like, I didn't do all that, that. All that stuff. Yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah, we didn't do that. Why do we have to? Why do we have to get punished? It, it's just. Um, I think it's, is it Alexander that says that religion's always going to exist as long as there's poor people? Mm. Because that's how the rich people stay in charge. It gives poor people hope. Yeah. Yeah. But I also don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think, you know, my grandma's a very religious woman, and we have debates all the time. Like, we always go back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth. And... um um. I think um, a lot of the ideas are good, you know, in, in religion. Um, like I said, they, they're, I don't think they're prerequisites of being a good person. But they, they can teach a lot of good things, helping out your community. There's a lot of good to it, right? Objectively, I just don't think that the, the words in, in, in the Bible are a lot of times, or many stories are literal, um, you know, I don't, like I said, you know, we're, we're made up, we're not made out of this divine stuff, you mm-hmm. know, we're made out of carbon and hydrogen and oxygen and like all these other things put together in a certain way that makes us. So these are things that you find everywhere in the world, everywhere in the universe. So it's not like us humans are made out of yeah this crazy stuff this divine stuff that yeah. like you can't find anywhere else like you know yeah we we eat we uh we age our processes are very similar to like plants and animals and like everything else that's in that exists that has life in the world or even things that are not alive like rock it's carbon okay we are made of uh, you know we have a carbon based right uh um life it's just the the interesting thing that happens be- with us is you know we're we're made out of atoms and molecules and all this stuff at a small level subatomic level you know they say that we're basically empty space we're more empty space than than anything Mm -hmm. but the interesting thing happens within that space that makes you you that makes you 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 and what makes me me Mm -hmm. like what is that yeah, you know what I mean. It's the stuff that happens in between that space yeah. that is that I think is really interesting. Right. right. And what is that? What is that Do stuff that's happening? In like 
energy or souls? Yes. Well, I don't know if souls. I energy, yes. Okay. You know, energy you can't create nor destroy. It just converts. It mm-hmm. converts into something else. So the energy that we have is is it's just Do you know entropy? You know what entropy is? It basically means disorder. So mm-hmm. everything is headed towards disorder. So anything that you know we we eat so we have energy but a lot of that energy is turns into heat and that heat dissipates and it's just kind of like not very usable anymore but it's still there mm-hmm. so i think that energy we has the, the energy that we have has always been there and when we die we don't comp- die maybe like us as i don't know a conscious dies i don't know but that energy it just turns transforms into something else i don't necessarily think it's a soul like you you like sarah yeah. right right transforms into but something back else into, into earth in some fashion in some, some fashion form. yes yeah. and it's just keeps being recycled yeah, yeah. recycled yeah. Yeah. a roundabout way of saying like the circle of life yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. until it all just becomes heat and that's what entropy is yeah. yeah it's just uh the more you leave something the more disorderly it becomes the way to think about it is oh, i love that the way you think about it is say you have a cup of coffee and you add some milk to it what's that milk going to do cools it down it cools it down but it's just gonna it's gonna fill up all that space that it can right right you don't you don't you don't put some milk in the coffee and it just stays in in, in, that, in the little yeah. blob of milk that you threw it it kind of fills the space yeah. and that's what entropy is mm. and everything i love that everything that's just keeps hitting that way yeah. yeah yeah you made me think of it like when you were just talking about how we're made up of stuff and like it made me think of this idea of um, perfect design Right, or divine design that they talk about, like mm-hmm. God made us all and he made us perfect. Do you think it's funny that he made our airway the same way that we eat? Do you know, do you know how many people <laughs> choke yeah. to death in a year? It's like 3,000 people a year die from yeah. choking. Like what a, what a miscommunication that was in the building process. What a shitty design. What a shitty design. There, there's, like, <laughs> there's like fish. I can't remember what the fish is called, but like they have a, a third eye that just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, they just have a third eye up here, and it just, it's, it's, as long as we've been documenting them, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, if. Yeah, there, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Whatsoever. And there's like a million different types of beetles in the world. He got, he's got like, God's got some kind of like a uh, beetle obsession. Like, why is there so many different types of species of fucking beetles? <laughs> like, where does this shit come from? Yeah. It, it, it's, evolution is fascinating. I, I, but that's, it brings me to my next point. I, I don't want to, um, there's certain elements of science that don't make sense either, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't claim that, um, I don't have the answers. I just don't believe that that's the answer. Like, everybody wants to, most people that I talk about, I have really good friends that are v- very religious. My buddy Chuck, we, we've been in many, 
many tiffs about this stuff, right? And we we kind of stopped doing it because it kind of affects our friendship. Because mm-hmm. he has he he lacks the ability to be able to have the discussion without getting upset because he gets offended that I don't find his way the right way. But when when we have these talks, we usually come along the lines of like, well, how did it get here? You'll notice they'll be like, well, something had to create it. But that doesn't make sense either because if something had to create it, then what created the creator? Why, does, why are you saying that outer space and you know, all this, why are you saying that that couldn't just exist without God, but God gets to exist without something creating him? Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me either. But at the same time, I'm over here saying, you know, the Big Bang, that's not really, that doesn't do it for me either. Like, I believe it. I believe it, something happened. Like, it just, and then everything, now, that's why everything's expanding. Energy is going outwards and just infinite space. But it, I, that doesn't, I still can't wrap my head around that either, you know. It's, um, but, but yeah, like you, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with science and evolution. And yeah. That shit's fascinating. But it's just so, that's why I can't discard the existence of a creator, if, if there is one. Because of just the all the interesting things that happen within the space of of uh, of what we're made out of, you know, um, a lot of interesting shit is happening, and you know maybe it's just the the universe's way of um, revealing itself, you know. Um, maybe there's no rhyme or reason for it. Maybe there's no answer. A lot of people have, you know, trouble uh, accepting that, that maybe there's just no answer to, to all these questions. Like, we may get close, close, and we might get this close, but we might not ever get there, you know? Mm. And just maybe there is no answer, you know? Can you yeah. accept that? Are you okay with that? Yeah. And uh, most people are not. They're like, no, there has to be a reason why we exist why you know i think i'm okay with those questions i'm yeah. just not okay with um everything that man has made to be the answer yeah i think it's a comfort thing also absolutely i mean you it's, know, it's all it all comes down from being comfortable of, of dying because yeah. to die and the lights go out that's a scary thing yeah right like to think that you're just here and there's no real purpose and then you just die and then you cease to exist but I've actually, again, over the years, with all the things that I've been trying to read, I'm very comfortable with dying now. Like, the best way I've heard it explained is, like, when you die, it's something that you've already experienced. Because to die is to not exist. And you have not existed before. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, as far as we know, as of right now in science, it's like, Human history can go back anywhere from, I mean, depending on who you listen to, 150 to 300,000 years ago, right? But then prior to that, Earth was going on before humans were even here. And we're talking like, what, four or five billion years of just us not being here. None of us were born. None of us were existed. None of us were even a thought or an idea. So you already know what it feels like to be dead. And it, 
there might not be no joy. There might not be any pleasure. There might not be any, you know, light bulbs going off, but there's also no pain, no suffering, no math tests, no, none of that. Like, it's, I, I, we've yeah. talked about it before, like, with the, like, I'm not scared of death, but I am scared of how I might die. But it's actually a pretty cool thing, and I probably shouldn't say it since I don't actually know the science, but I think there's something in our brains, I can't remember what it's called, you know what chemical, I'm talking about? Yeah. There's some type, I believe, and maybe I'm just horseshit, but I believe there's, I've heard there's some type of chemical in your brain, and there's only a small amount of it. And it's there to be released when your body is just absolutely certain we're about to die. And it's supposed to calm you and soothe you. And now, because I'm saying it on, online, I need to look it up. Yeah. Don't sound like a crackpot. Yeah, but but, <laughs> right. but I do Ash think trick. that there's to die is probably more of a calming experience than we think. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think it's. I yeah, who knows, man? I mean, there's a reason why we, our bodies, fear death. You know, yeah. there's a reason why your body wants to stay alive up until the very last moment. It keeps fighting it. Yeah. Um, but when, once it, it, it realizes that it just can't, it has maybe that, um, like safeguard or whatever you want to say mm-hmm. in place to maybe not feel that pain or, I mean, you, nobody can say what it feels like to die yeah. Yeah. And, unless you're dead. And then you have maybe the people that their hearts stop and you, you get those stories. Um, but it seems like death is such a there's nothing special about it there really isn't it, it it's in terms of like us you know humans say if i die maybe my family's hurt by it they're sad you know, sergio the memories and all this stuff but in 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 reality there's nothing special yeah, about it and um like i'll give an example my my grandfather uh i saw him die i was there on to his last breath he had cancer and um you know he went into the hospital it was we didn't take him to the hospital knowing that he was going to die less than a month later but towards the end they sent him home they're like he's he's pretty much done like there's nothing you can do you know all you can do is just kind of cancer home. was it uh multiple myeloma um so i think it's like like bone cancer like in in like in the it's in like bag. the marrow marrow yeah, yeah. bone marrow mm-hmm. so um towards the end i was in the room there my whole family was in the house they were all in the living room um i was in there in in the room with him and his son my uncle was in there too and uh he was to the point where he wasn't even conscious anymore he was just kind of Laying there, um, breathing, breathing fast, short breaths, but really fast. You know, he's like, like that. Um, my uncle was talking to him. It was, it was really, it was really, it's really weird because it, it almost felt like he was just waiting for my, my uncle. It was the first time seeing him. He didn't want to see him. He didn't want to go visit him and see him like that. Um, Finally, my mom, my aunt, my grandma, they all, like everybody convinced him, like, you got to go say goodbye to him because he's, he's going to die anytime, anytime now. 
Like, you need to go in there and, and talk to him. So I went in there with him, and he was talking, talking to him, he, whatever. And all of a sudden, he took a breath, because I, I remember that very clearly. He took a breath, and he did not exhale back. He just went, and that was that. Mm. He was gone. Mm-hmm. He was gone. And there was no, nothing special mm-hmm. about that. He was, he, he was just gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, didn't, I didn't feel like uh, his presence leaving. I didn't feel... Uh, so did that make you more comfortable or did that make you more scared? For it death? didn't make me scared, but it's just... Uh, it, it, it pulled me away more from like, the existence of uh, a soul or, mm-hmm. or something divine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was at place yeah or because, if there is something divine or if there is something in place necessarily it care. didn't manifest itself yeah he he just mm-hmm. yeah. took a breath and and that was that he was gone instant mm-hmm. you know yeah it's not special <laughs> there's nothing special about that you know no. for it, it it sounds shitty to say and and like it, it hurt me a lot. Like it, I cried for my grandpa for a long time. Everybody did, like, mm-hmm. you know. But in that moment, there was nothing special about that moment. Yeah. So if it's if it's really like that, you know. Yeah, I don't. Did he leave? Like, does he have a soul? Like, uh, did he go somewhere? My mom, like all of them, they believe so. But I'm just like, man, like I saw it happen. I yeah. saw him die, right? And nothing, nothing happened. He, he, he just. Well, they say death. Someone turned you a off lot of the things. lights. Someone just turned off the lights, right. and that's it. Yeah, I think that's it, man. And I think for comfort, we want to make it like it's something more than than just that. Yeah, you want to make it more special. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, actually, how do you feel about funerals? Mm, I haven't been to many. Because nobody died or because you just don't like them? Um, I don't like them. Also, um, I haven't known that many people that have passed away, but I've probably known about five people. And I went to one. I've, I've been to two funerals. One, my uncle, when I was like five or six years old. And I, st- I have some vague memories of him. And then my friend, I don't know if I ever told you guys, he got he uh, got killed by lightning. He got struck by lightning. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, no this, pun intended. This happened like three years ago. Um, yeah, after a soccer game, just Whoa. that day I happened to not go. A lot of my other friends were there. He got struck by lightning. A week later, he was he was dead. I went to his, uh, what's it called, like a wake? Yeah. Right? When he has mm-hmm. the... And yeah, I wanted to go because, it, you know, he was somebody that it didn't feel right that he was gone. Because he was your age. He, yeah, he was about my age. He was a little bit younger. Um, it, 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 it felt like he was just, um, it felt like he was robbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember the last time I talked to him because we, I knew him through soccer. 
we played together in the same team for a long time, and then he decided to play with somebody else. And I remember the the last time I talked to him, I was joking around with him, like, hey, what's up, trader? Like, you're a trader? Like, those were the last things I ever said to him. It, it was jokingly, yeah. but it was the last thing I ever said to him. And it's just kind of like, I thought about that a, lo- a lot. I'm like, man, like, I need to go, I need to go see him. Mm-hmm. And even though he's not there, it was just, I guess, to make me feel better. I went, um, I saw him there and I was just like, in my head, I was just like, Hey man, like, you know, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I, I didn't mean those things I said, like, I'm going to miss you, man. Like this, I I was apologizing for something, you know, I just felt like I needed to. Um, so I, I think that they're important. I think that I don't think they're a bad thing. I think they're, they're, they're a good way to, to, um, remember someone i don't know if all the time you need to see them laying like that was it an open casket open casket yeah so it doesn't getting struck by lightning doesn't like uh, mutilate you so he um he got struck by his foot um so it didn't hit him like straight on here here he got hit on in the foot so his um his foot like his leg was burnt his shoe was pretty wow. much destroyed um but it was just basically the um, the electricity Voltage. Voltage just go, that went man. through 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 his body, it it put him in in a coma, wow. um, and he he couldn't breathe on his own. He couldn't like he couldn't function on his own because he he was hooked up, and that's the only way they kept him alive. He's like he was basically yeah yeah yeah. You know I don't um, particularly like uh, funerals, but I don't think that they're wrong. When when you said that, I I felt like I needed to say that in my explanation of it because I don't think it's wrong, but I think it's wrong to think that they're right for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've recently decided that funerals aren't for me. Um, it's just not how I want to see somebody off. But there's an issue with it. Like I'm like a black sheep in my family because I won't go to them anymore, right? Because they see it as like a sign of disrespect. Mm. When I see it, like, what's the purpose, right? I always want to know what, 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 what's the meaning behind something? What's the purpose of it? And to me, when somebody dies, I need to figure out how to get comfortable with that and how to get past it. And if the funeral isn't for me, then it's not for me. That's the problem with traditions. Traditions suck because people think that they need to stay the same. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't like seeing my loved ones in in a box wearing clothes that they rarely wore, or if at all, you know, laying there lifeless, pale, with a bunch of fucking makeup, mm. bloated, um, bloated, you know, mm-hmm. cold. That's not the that's not the last thing I want to see. And I think that for me, a better way to a approach death would be let's go do something like i know like the new thing is like everybody likes a celebration of life and i I can get behind that but like for me it's like okay hey carl died carl loved to go on hikes let's get like 12 of us let's go on a fucking hike you know and, and tell carl stories why can't that be why can't that be the way we send them out you know, but everybody mm-hmm. wants to do it this way where it's like you huddle around the casket and everybody cries and you watch them go get buried and whatnot. And it's just, 
yeah, so I think what I'm trying to combat here that you've just made me aware of is not that funerals are bad. It's that thought that they need to be right for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Because I've already told my family, like, hey, next time somebody dies, I'm not going. It's not my thing. I'm not going to do it. It does not yeah. mean that I didn't care for that person or it's a sign of disrespect or that I'm not supporting you guys. Yeah, right. Right? What a time to be selfish. Like, that's a great time to be selfish. Let me be comfortable with how I want to send this person off. And I'll let you do it the way you want to do it. But don't try to force it on me. So now it becomes a, well, I need to go support you on how you decide you're going to send that person off. What about me? I think it's a great time to be selfish. So I don't, I'm not going to do funerals anymore, no matter who it is. You know, Like, I'm not saying I'm jonesing for somebody close to me to die so I can prove that point, but like... There will be a time where somebody... It hasn't happened yet. Um, the last funeral I went to was my grandpa's. Um, it just chewed me up. And I just... On that, that's when I realized that it wasn't for me anymore. Like, Yeah. You know, like... Uh, man, how do you describe it? It's like um, a complete loss of emotions and just weeping and crying. and, oh, and, and Yeah. Like, like, I wouldn't have had that if I wouldn't have seen him in that box. And I'm not saying that all of those emotions were bad. But it's not how I wanted to do it. You would have rather mourned him in a different way. Yeah, maybe alone. How about yeah, that? Instead yeah. of, you know, I mean, at the time I didn't care that people could see me sobbing like a two-year-old, but like I'd like to do that on my own. Have conversations out loud. You know how you were talking about your your you went there to, Tell your friend, like, hey, man, you know, like you wanted to see him off. You felt obligated to say these things. Like, I want to have those conversations out loud. And I don't want to do it in front of other people. I want to go stand in the middle of the woods and say it out loud. I just think that traditions suck. And it's also kind of bled into other traditions like Christmas and, you know, like. Yeah. They all suck, and, and they, only, they, they don't suck because they exist. They suck because we think we have to continue to do them the same way everybody's done them forever. We've had that conversation about, like, because we're single dads that, you know, have to suffer through not seeing our child on Christmas every other year. Yeah. It's like you start to realize, ah, the day doesn't actually fucking matter. It's my relationship with the day. Mm-hmm. So... It behooves you to figure out real quick that it doesn't matter if you open up presents on Thursday or Friday. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. The same concept can apply to funerals. It doesn't matter if I'm with the dead body as it goes into the earth or if I'm sitting right here in my barn reflecting on that person dying. You know? Yeah. I mean, if, if it were up to me... It, when I die, just bury me somewhere. Fucking, I don't care by a tree, um, because I, I, I really believe in like that circle of um, like life that we're talking about. That energy that uh, I'm more useful. My body, even though it sounds gruesome or whatever, you know, I don't care. I'm dead. I'm gone. My body is more useful. The energy my body still has is more useful to the earth by decomposing then um 
you know, just being put in a box that it's meant to not decompose. It takes yeah. you out of the circle of life. It takes Isn't me out. Wild? You know, there's yeah. something to do with uh, the uh, uh, formaldehyde. You ever heard of this? So, like, they spray uh, you with some shit. It's called yeah. formaldehyde. And, I, again, I'm not an expert on this, so maybe I'm just shooting shit out my ass. But <laughs> formaldehyde, I think, is what they spray on you when you die, and it kind of takes you out of the circle of life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it turns into a conspiracy theory, too. Because they spray you with it even when you... Um, right before you're uh, cremated. Really? Yeah, it's a weird thing. And I think it, it, it's kind of attached to money because they charge you for it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, hey, we're just going to cremate Sergio. And it's like, okay, yeah. We don't need the formaldehyde. We're just going to cremate him. It's like, no, no, you still have to get it. You still have to get it. Yeah. I was, I, I still prefer to be cremated. Um, I don't want to be buried. Um in a casket i prefer just because legally i can't just get buried like my body like you know um <laughs> we could probably work somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple shovels yeah um it, so uh, i've always been more like i want to be cremated be cre- but then the more the thing about the more i think about it, it's like man it's just a waste of energy mm. i'm turning into heat and like what i said about entropy earlier mm-hmm. everything's headed that way anyway yeah. You just made that trip for me even faster. And that heat, you know, we, any, any energy that is not being used turns into heat. You know, when you, when you put gas in your car, you know, your car is only like 30% efficient. So it's only using 30% of that potential energy. That other 70%, it just gets lost as heat. It becomes useless yeah. So I thought I, I like I thought about it more. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, if I get if I get um, cremated, I just been rendered useless because now I my energy just got lost in 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 into heat. Yeah. And and is that is that how it works though? Because like if 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 a if a I, I'm asking, I don't know. Because like if a, if a forest fire happens, mm-hmm. right? Years later, the soil is actually more rich because of that forest fire. Like, yes. So are you actually taken out of the circle of life when you're cremated? Yes, because you get put into a box. So you'd have to be, like, put... So could you not just get put into a box? Like, because some people, like, spread ashes, like, in the ocean or... I mean, I think... Thing? I'm not sure exactly chemically what's left when you get cremated. It's just ash, you know, just like like this. It's just ash... And it has a uh, thing like phosphorus and has like some other kind of stuff that can be used in uh, like fertilizer and things like that. But I'm, I'm, um, I'm talking about like in the bulk of, of everything. Mm. You get lost as heat. So in a forest fire, the, all the seeds that were able to, to fall into the ground and, and get covered by, by uh, the ground, all that, the trees and stuff that get burned to an ash that um, that chemical that's left, which is like phosphorus and things that you find in like your fertilizer, that's why it's 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 useful. Mm-hmm. You know, it helps that stuff grow. But in in terms of like a human, you know, what el- what other purpose? Yeah. What other purpose do we? I'll definitely be cremated too. Do, do we have you know? But I'd rather yeah. still be cremated than just be put into a box. I guess I don't carry the way because again, like you said, I'll be dead. Yeah. 
you know, but from a standpoint of being cremated and saving my family money, it's like a couple hundred bucks versus versus thousands. thousands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Leave it up to humans to make money off of people dying. It's like yeah. one of the most profitable businesses ever. <laughs> Isn't that guaranteed? Nice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. It's nice. All right, brother. Yeah. Well, we got to wrap it up. I got to go to work. Yeah, I got a long drive home. I'm tired. This was a fucking blast. Yeah, man. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you guys Thanks for, for doing this. Join. Yeah, of course. You said so much. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you stayed. It was good. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Hit, hit the.